0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturers' specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
1: We love our dogs, they love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook, and Ricardo
2: Ball on ECNZ.
3: We love our dogs, they love to race. Dog speed here on SENZ. Unfortunately for all of you listeners, there's only one of me today, Andy McCook along to take you through today's show. The man, the myth, the legend that we know is uh, Rozzo. He's away on a well-earned holiday with the family, which means that you are left with me. But good news, we're going to get some really good guests along on the show. A little bit later on, we get Sarah Clausen along. Sarah is the youth advocate on the National Greyhound Racing New Zealand board, along with training a medium-sized team of greyhounds alongside her partner, Matt Roberts. We get an in-depth look into what Sarah sees for the future in terms of youth and what it's like trying to raise a young family as well as training greyhounds here in New Zealand. Speaking of Youth. A little bit later than that, we get Riley Evans on the show last month's uh, Youth of the Month Award winner. Riley currently sitting fourth in this year's New Zealand Trainers Premiership. He's a, a young fella who's taken over the helm of The gold star racing empire that was created by uh, his parents, Stephen Bonnie Evans, sitting fourth. He's only four or five wins off Gene and David Fahey in terms of wins to, uh, to try and get him into third behind New Zealand's big two, John McInerney and, of course, our leading trainer here in the country. And Lisa Cole, so Riley's kicking some really nice goals here so far uh, in terms of his training. First full season of training this season for Riley Evans. He had a half a season last season where he did well. And this season he is kicking that off even more we get an australian on the show as well joe lanuti from punters hq we get him along of course we've had joe on the show before and uh, he's a bloke who heads up the punters hq they've got a a powerful team of greyhounds with a a number of different trainers here in new zealand but today we get him on the show to speak about australia and the million dollar chase that's right next week at wentworth parker greyhound race a million dollars on offer and Punters HQ with Joe Lanuti they have the pre-post favorite and she's a pearl who was a dominant dominant display in her semi-final she clocked at 29 and 30 to get the prize there she's one of three greyhounds going around for the powerful Andy and Jody Lord Kennel we get him a, a, along as well to to get a, a look at where Bandit Ned is. Of course, the one-time HQ star before they got their hands on She's a Pearl. And She's a Pearl certainly well and truly taken over uh, the helm in terms of uh, where the HQ's uh, best greyhound is. And we kick the show off shortly with another young star in terms of New Zealand training. Her name, Emma Potts, she's currently at Auckland uh, getting some greyhounds kennelled at the moment and we'll link up with her momentarily to get uh, her thoughts around uh, not only a a reasonable sized team of greyhounds they have in today, they've got 12 going around her and uh, Hayley Mullane, the new partnership set up in the North Island, but we also get her thoughts around Black Tea, a Greyhound that Emma is uh, about to bring down to Canterbury to have a crack at the New Zealand Oaks. Group 1 racing uh, to take place here, not this Friday, but next. Heats are on Thursday. Those heats for the girls only, the New Zealand Oaks, running alongside the New Zealand St. Ledger, which is essentially... A boys only restricted age race at Addington because the girls will be in the Yokes, and we also have the heats of the Group 2 Kingston Cup. That's over the extreme 732 metres, the furthest we run at Addington Raceway. And of course, we'll get to see no keeper go around in that, and he will be a dominant force. When we get Joe on, we'll get his thoughts around their charge as well. And here, Pin Trigger, who will also be making uh, her way towards the Group 2 Kingston Cup as well, a Greyhound who has been competitive against the very, very best. So we're just just in limbo here a moment while we wait to get Emma Potts on the line. Just uh, while we're talking about Auckland, last week we saw the debut of a a very nice Greyhound out of the Crake team, and I was pretty keen to get the Crake girls on today, but unfortunately with racing commitments, they're a little bit busy, but let love rule Greyhound, who has come over from Australia and was able to break the maiden record out of Cambridge. A long-standing record over the 457 metres, clocking a low 25 and 50-odd. Really nice effort from her. So we get uh, get to see uh, Let Love Rule go around again next week at some stage. I think we might have Emma Potts with us uh, on the line now. Emma Potts, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Very good morning to you.
1: Hey, Andy, how are you?
3: Yeah, I am very, very good. I understand we've got you at a pretty busy time, so we'll uh, we'll try and make this quick and painless uh, as we can. But uh, we'll touch firstly on uh, on the new partnership that's uh, been formed between you and Hayley Mullane. And uh, how's that going in its infancy? Yeah,
1: no, it's going really good. Um yeah, I mean, we worked, we worked together before be um, about four years ago now, so we knew what we were doing, and, yeah, I think it's worked well for both of us.
3: The pair of you are looking to venture to the South Island. I think you're going to be in charge of bringing the team down, and a greyhound that uh, you're bringing down for a tilt at the Group 1 New Zealand Oaks is Black T. Talk us through her prep and, uh, and where she's at and, and how you think she'll handle the trip down.
1: Um, she's she's a funny greyhound, I don't think I've ever met a greyhound like her Nothing at all phases her um, Every morning you get her out, she'll bark, she'll wag a tail um, Happy as 24-7, so I don't think the trip will bother her too much um, We eased off her after, I think she was in a sprint on derby night um, Just to kind of freshen her up And I trialed her last week on Wednesday at Auckland um, Gave her a head out, which she's come through really well um yeah so very exciting it'll be yeah real exciting to see what she does down there i
3: think it might be the first time uh, you've ventured south with a greyhound of your own of course uh, that's going to be exciting for you but black tea a greyhound who was broken in at canterbury of course uh, out of the the fahey breed so uh, knowing christchurch and knowing Eddington raceway is going to be a big plus for her
1: yeah um it always helps i mean if she hadn't been broken in down there. Obviously, I would have come down a bit earlier and um, given her a trial on the track. But, yeah, um, yeah, fingers crossed she remembers where she's going.
3: Travel companion for her will be Smoothie, and uh, a couple of starts back for her have been very good, including a last-start win.
1: Yeah, I think so. She, um, she got quite sick after um, her 650 race at Cambridge on Christmas Eve, I think it was. Um, so to see her come back and come back as good as she has We're real real proud of her. Um, I think she's come back better than she was last campaign. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see her go around her old home track again.
3: Well, have a little bit of a bow peep through your team today. Yemi, you and Hayley uh, got 12 going around today, so it's a busy old day for you guys, kicking off in the first with Creaming Soda, a maiden who's uh, having uh, her fourth start today, and so far she's been okay through her first few starts.
1: Yeah, I think she's um, she's still learning. Um, I don't think she knows where she wants to be yet, whether she wants to rail or she wants off or run a straight line. So, yeah, she'll get there eventually. I just think it'll take a few more
3: starts. Race two, Scooby Blue goes around a greyhound who's uh, really, really well-bred, and he was a good winner at Cambridge on Thursday, so he gets a bonus run in the maiden grade.
1: Yeah, um, same box today, box seven. Um, the only thing about him today, I would say, The 318's maybe not long enough for him to get around them, um, but we look forward to stepping him up um, after today. So, yeah, watch when he steps up to 500, I'd say.
3: On to race number five, and you line up about to do. Comes up with box number eight, and she's uh, third up from a little bit of a spell.
1: Yeah, she's got to get her box manners back to where they were before um, she came into season. Um, Once she starts jumping again, um, I'll say she'll... Yeah, her form line will be better. Um, when she gets her box manners right.
3: On to race number six, where you line up Minerva Mink, and uh, this one is a, a litter sister to uh, Scooby Blue, so really well-bred, and she was a really good debutant winner, and so far, her Auckland form's been super.
1: Yeah, um, again, she's got a jump in the boxes. She missed a while Thursday, but we can forget for that. Um, drawn where she wants to be, loves the rail, so yeah, I'd say she's got a pretty good chance. So.
3: On to race number seven where you line up three Greyhounds here starting off with Spring Bubbles and gee, she couldn't have been more impressive in her fresh-up effort.
1: Yeah, it's a tough race to pick um, out of those three girls actually. Um, Flappable had trialled really well the week prior. Um, Breeze obviously has the amazing box speed and yeah, Bubbles was a massive surprise. Um, so hopefully, yeah, same boxes last, last week too. So hopefully she can begin again and yeah, make it two in a row.
3: So that's the three going around in race number seven. line two up in race uh, number eight, Smoothie, who we just touched on and comes up with box one in in an event where she gets to run out noms as well.
1: Yeah, um, she loves box one, loves the rail. Um, Yeah, the danger, Jellyfish, our other runner, also has good box speed. Um, So it's quite a, a difficult one. I don't know if I could pick out of the two.
3: Race number 10, you line up, Frank Castle, comes up with box number one.
1: Yeah, he's he's still a baby as well, um the little brother to Creaming Soda. Um still learning. He if he jumps on the bunny, um he's quite a strong dog. But yeah, we'll see. See how he comes out today.
3: And two going around in the uh, last on the card, you line up thrilling raven. What can you tell us about her? We haven't seen her race day since the 2nd of December.
1: She um, hurt herself originally when I first moved up to train with Hayley, so we've taken her really slow. Um, And then she came in season, so we took her even slower. Um, So she's had a few nice trials leading into today, and again, a good box draw for her. So, yeah, we'll see what she does.
3: You've also got Knuckles Nugget, who gets a a go off the ballot, lines up in uh, box number five. And she was a nice winner here at Auckland four starts ago.
1: Yeah, if she... um, Begins like we all know she can. Um, yeah, she takes some running down. She's run some really, really good races here. Um, yeah, if she jumps, I'd say she'd beat Thrilling Raven.
3: This is that moment, Emma, where we put uh, all our callers on the spot, and you've got twelve going around. Who's your best chance?
1: Smoothie.
3: Smooth. That was definite too, Emma. I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> Smoothie. We'll I'll all be it having it. Here.
3: We'll look. We'll, We'll all be having a dollar on smoothie off the red. Thanks for your time this morning, Emma. We'll let you get back to it. And uh, best of luck not only today, but uh, through the Oaks campaign that you're about to uh, embark on next week. So, Thanks,
1: Andy. I'll see you down there.
3: Beauty can't wait, Emma. It's going to be an absolute boomer of a time down here in Canterbury. That was Emma Potts training alongside Hayley Mullane, a big team going around today, and Black T making her way down to Christchurch next week. Heats for the New Zealand Oaks on Thursday. We're going to take a quick break here on Dog Speed. On the other side, we catch up with Sarah Clausen. We love our dogs. They love to race. GRNZ.co.nz is where you can head to find uh, everything unique. To know about Greyhound Racing New Zealand, fields form and uh, trainers list, premierships, everything you can possibly need to know about Greyhound Racing here in New Zealand, you can find at grnz.co.nz. Speaking of Greyhound Racing New Zealand, our next guest has uh, joined us on the line. Her name is Sarah Clausen. Sarah, a very good morning to you.
0: Yeah, good day, Andy. How are you?
3: I'm very good, Sarah. Pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Now, for those who aren't aware, you have currently or uh, well, you've recently taken up a, a spot on Greyhound Racing New Zealand's national board as a, a youth advocate. Do you want to just talk us through what that involves?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, no, recently I was given the opportunity to be on sit on the uh, racing board each month. Um, I'm able to give my opinion on um, certain on particular things that they talk about in the meetings and bring a, uh, I guess, a more youthful opinion uh, to the role as the um, majority of them are a bit older.
3: <laughs> what what made you uh, want to go and, and get involved in that side of things, Sarah? Is the, that administrative side of, of Greyhound Racing something that interests you?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Matt and I started out pretty young um, in the industry. I came from a banking background and given... Um, our progression over the last ten years and our experiences within the game. Um, I thought I would be able to add um, a fair bit of uh, value and insight into how hard, I uh, guess, things have been for us to get to where we are now, and um, hopefully help a few more younger people come through the game.
3: Talk us through the experience so far. How have you found uh, being on something like the the national board?
0: Yeah, it's really it's really been interesting. I've really enjoyed my time. I'm able to um, get a better insight, I guess, into how things are, are um, worked out and, and processed, and um, it's given me an opportunity to uh, present the idea of the um, Youth Board Award that we've just recently introduced, um, where a participant under the age of 30 um, can be nominated and potentially um, win the award every month, so it'll be tw- um, obviously... Uh, 12 awards per year, um, and then they'll go in um, contention for the yearly award. So um, it's been really good, you know, there's a $500 prize up for grabs um, each month, whoever wins the award, and it, uh, it, it helps to, I guess, um, with financial backing, give them a few more opportunities that they may not necessarily have had um, previously.
3: Do you want to just give us a, a quick chat through that award, Sarah, how that all works, uh, who selects it and, and how people go about uh, nominating young people to, to, to get after that award?
0: Yeah, so anybody anybody can um, nominate anybody under the age of 30 um, and then they all get um, sent through and then each month the board uh, has a quite a thorough discussion um, about who, who has been nominated and um, out of that, they just select someone that they think is most worthy for that month. Um, there are a couple of independents on the board, so it's always really, really um, good to have really good information about each individual. Um, why, you know, what they've done, where they've got to, and um, it really helps to also give a, a better understanding. Um, and everyone actually learns a lot more about each um, all these young people that are in the industry.
3: You spoke a little bit before about how uh, Matt Roberts and yourself started off relatively young in terms of setting up the operation you did uh, when you were based up in Martin. W- what are the challenges that face young people who either want to get into the game or young people that are already involved in the game and want to take that next step into to making it a fairly decent career that it can be for some? Yeah, well,
0: that was our problem. We started... Um, we were probably early 20s, started looking for a property down here in Canterbury and just couldn't find anything. And of course, um, I'd just recently come out of uni and Matt had been training a small team out of his dad's property. And of course, that doesn't give you enough um, financial backing to be able to go and buy a, buy a large property to train greyhounds out of. Um, so we ended up making a big decision to move up to the North Island where we were able to work with Stu Dickinson and, and lease his property and, and train his greyhounds. So it was a, a huge risk on our part and a huge risk probably on Stu's part, knowing that we Matt had only ever trained a few dogs before, but we took the opportunity and, and ran with it. And it, it was such a, a, an awesome time up there. We, um, it, You know, I worked full-time in the bank um, majority of the time there, so it wasn't like I was just helping Matt with the dogs. You know, he had to have that other financial, um, you know, that other income coming in as well um, for us to be, doing what we were doing and then also on top of that we actually were uh, re- renovated and sold a house up there too. So we were doing a few different things while we were up there to sort of get us a bit of money in the bank to be able to move back down to Canterbury again to actually buy a property and, and set up properly.
3: So at the end of the day it comes down to hard work and perseverance and uh, and, and then all this sort of stuff can, can fall into place and it can happen for youngsters?
0: yeah it can. I mean it takes it takes some some serious hard work and a lot lot you know it doesn't happen overnight and um, and that's that's the struggle that I've definitely seen over the years. I mean it good, it took us a good ten years to get where we were. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of other young people who desperately want to get into the same situation that that we're fortunate enough to get into now. and I just to train greyhounds uh, for a young person full time, I probably would say at this stage in the game, you know, it's, it's impossible to get onto the property ladder. Um, you really need to be diversifying. And, and I'd love to explore, continue to explore more options where a greyhound trainer can just be a greyhound trainer and then go and own their own property and, and train their dogs from there. I mean, it's it's not even just trying to purchase a property now. It's trying to find the property that you can have greyhounds on that. Um, <laughs> You know, you're not too close to neighbours or, or any of those other things. So there's a lot of hurdles for young people today, and even sourcing greyhounds at the moment. I mean, we're very lucky um, that um, you know people like Robin Wales um, that are uh, sort of sending their dogs out to more people now, and Karen Walsh. Um, but there's just so many, so many hurdles to overcome as a young person.
3: Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. There are a lot of uh, issues facing them. Um, What about in terms of uh, initiatives going forward? Is there room or or any ideas uh, around any form of cadetship or or something that we can do as as an industry to to try and get young people involved?
0: Yeah, at the moment, uh, all the codes are actually working together to create um, a a bit of a course um, that can be done online um, and in person which they're still working through that, which is a stepping stone, but um, just my opinion, but I'd be quite keen to see down the future more facilities to be held on tracks. Um, you know, having a vet that's on course um, and actually works out of that course every day of the week so trainers can go um, get the dogs vaccinated at a cheaper rate, you know, get the dogs checked by a person who's an expert in greyhounds, um, potentially having kennels and a bit of a, you know, like a straight track or a, or a um, a sand track that people, you know, that young people, they may only have a couple of dogs and, and can't afford the properties or facilities to have their own where they can go and lease them, um, but they're just big ideas at the moment that <laughs> um, hopefully down the track we can sort of explore and, and work through and see if there's any, um, any potential to have it as something that happens in the future
3: all the best outcomes always start with a solid plan Sarah and that sounds like uh, something really good for for not only young people but uh, but anybody involved in the game or wanting to get involved of course now you're not only training dogs you're not only on the board but you're raising a, a, a small family as well a young family and you've got to deal with Matt as well so I'm picking life for you is pretty hard and uh, pretty busy
0: yeah it's definitely a bit of a juggling act, and there's certainly not much um peace or quiet but it's it's great I mean it's Raising children in the greyhound industry is actually a fantastic, uh, fantastic life for us. It means that Matt and myself are generally around the kids every day. Um, you know, the kids can interact with the dogs. Estelle has named a couple of dogs. You know, he knows who's what, dogs what now, and it, it's really great to be able to be with the kids, working, showing them, you know, what we do every day, and, and then being involved.
3: At what age does he start giving Matt training advice?
0: <laughs> oh well he's quite a few things already. Um Estil's named a dog and he's just about to go get it start racing, so hopefully it actually earns some money so he can put it in his money box and then he can actually go out and buy his own in the future and
3: <laughs> That's outstanding, that's outstanding. Sarah, we've nearly finished but we can't let you go until we get you to tip us out a winner from the team over the next week or so.
0: Oh geez. I I had a look and I really struggled but Hopefully, um, the way Minnie Adobe raced last week, she's in on Tuesday. I'd I'd quite like to see her win again.
3: Beautiful. That's all we need, Sarah. Hey, thanks for your time. Thanks for everything you're doing uh, for the sport and all the young people in the sport. It's uh, appreciated by many. Thanks very much.
0: No worries. Have a good day.
3: You too. That was Sarah Claus, a youth advocate on the Greyhound Racing New Zealand National Board, a person who's doing some really good things in greyhound racing, some great ideas, and uh, hopefully we can get a few of those flowing through over the next few years. Another break here on Dog Speed. On the other side, we turn our attention to Australia and the running of the Million Dollar Chase. We love our dogs. They love to race. Love greyhounds.org.nz. Stacks of stories on there where you can go and see how these majestic athletes are treated by... They're servants. Some call us trainers. Most would refer to us as servants. Seven days a week, there is no rest from it, and they are treated the very, very best of uh, pretty much any animal in the world. Our next guest is with us. His name is Joe Lanuti, of course, the head of uh, Punters HQ, the syndicator from Australia that races uh, a stack of greyhounds here in New Zealand as well. Joe, a very good morning to you.
2: Good morning, Andy. Just excuse my voice, mate. There's a bit of a bug going around planet Earth at the moment. So uh, if I sound a bit weird, that's why.
3: Hasn't been fun, that bug, just quietly. Hit it a couple of weeks ago and did see it floored me. How are you getting through it?
2: No, oh, I was just battling away, but it's just, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, it's just the cough at the moment. But um, no, we'll be all right. We're, at, we're a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, worse off than us. So our uh, dogs are going well. That's giving us a bit of a smile as well, Andy.
3: I'm sure a greyhound who's uh, acting as a fairly decent sort of medication for you at the moment. It's a greyhound by the name of she's a pearl. Gee, she's just dead set airborne.
2: She's not a bad greyhound, Andy McCook. She's, uh, I think she's won 11 in a row now. She won the Golden Easter Egg at Wentworth Park, which is our biggest race in New South Wales, excuse me. Uh, she was super. And now she, she just went her personal best at Wentworth Park in a million-dollar chase. Semi-final running 29.30, which is puts it down as one of the fastest crayons to ever go around the track. And uh, her splits there were, I've never seen them before: uh, 13.51 up the back, 17.55 to the top turn. That's, I think, it's a hundredth of a second quicker than Fernando Bale. So, we've got to pinch ourselves. She's uh, she's something very special.
3: She's an absolute rocket. Joe, before we speak final for the million-dollar chase, uh, just give us a little bit of a chat about how you got a hand, how you got your hands on her because she's a greyhound who stamped herself from start one, breaking a track record.
2: She did, that wogger. And you'll be able to get a really good line through that time at wogger. She went 17.95, which is obviously the record. But prior to that, only two or three dogs had ever broken 18 seconds, and one of them was She's a Ripper. She went 1799 when it was unheard of. So that gives you a bit of alignment, the kind of pace the bitch has got. And then uh, Peter Sims had her. He did a great job. He won six in a row at Wentworth Park. And then, as we do, we, we offer for a lot of greyhounds and um, get knocked back most times. But we came to an arrangement with Peter where we were able to purchase the bitch. And um, he, he's a great guy. We've been with Pete for a long time. Obviously, we got, she's a ripper off him as well. And we've bought plenty of greyhounds off him. So, uh, yeah, we did the deal there. And he, he's, so happy for us. Um, you know, obviously, if you win the Golden Easter egg and a favourite in a million-dollar chase, uh, some people will say, oh, Peter, made a mistake. But that's certainly not the case. Um, you know how many greyhounds you would have sold, Andy. You know how the game works, but they don't go on and, and the other side wins. So uh, that's how we bought her.
3: Who's involved in her, Joe? Obviously, uh, Punters HQ own it. Is there a big syndicate of, of uh, lads involved in her?
2: Yeah, we've got 12 official owners, Andy, but then they've sort of got little subsidiaries off the back of that. So I reckon, but listen, all told, there's probably 80 people in it. At Goldie I've never heard a crowd like it at Wentworth Park. There were just people from everywhere, and they just went absolutely nuts when she found the front. So yeah, from our point of view, there's only 12. But you know, when someone gets a five percent share, they put another five lads into that. Uh, I think the more, the merrier, and, and they're coming from everywhere next Saturday: Rockhampton, Armadale, Melbourne, Adelaide, Western Australia. So There'll be plenty of owners there cheering for
3: us. Joe, you've obviously been lucky enough to, to own some really talented greyhounds in the past, but what's it like owning a greyhound like her? She, she's won 21 from 31. She's already over 300,000, and now she's favourite for the million-dollar chase. What What's the emotion? What's the feeling like owning a greyhound as good as her?
2: I don't think I personally appreciate it uh, as much as I should, and I'll probably wait until she's gone. I mean, we've only had her uh, for a brief time, Andy. We've only had her for, uh, I think, 12 starts. And when we bought her, we set her for a Group 1 maturity, and she hurt herself in that race. So she got beaten. We tipped her out, excuse me, for about three weeks. And since she's come back, she's won 11 in a row. So I, if it wasn't mine, I'd be looking at her and saying she's um, she's climbing the ranks here, and she's she's one of the very best greyhounds. But when you own her, I think you'll look at it a little bit differently. And I'm probably not appreciating it how I should. Um, but, yeah, that, that's how I feel anyway. I think everybody else is talking about it. Like she's,
3: she's a pretty handy bitch. You are the king of underestimating things, Joe. I can see how you, uh, <laughs> you got him with Dave Fahey over here. I don't know who's worse at underestimating their dogs, you or him.
2: <laughs> well, we, uh, that's why we get along so well.
3: The great, man. He's a good guy. Joe, you just need to let this sink in for a second. Your favourite for the million-dollar chase... From what I understand of the racing over there, sh- she's looking like only bad luck beats her. Y- your favourite, you're racing for a million dollars.
2: Yeah, that's. The, now you're scaring me, Andy. I was alright until you said it like that. Uh, she's yeah, I, yeah. You're right. I mean, she's a dollar. With some agencies over here, she's a dollar thirty. Uh, as much as a dollar forty to, to win a million dollars. if we happen to get a bit of luck in the run, and say she she fluked away to victory, she, she'd be only. $12,000 off Santa Bale, who's the, the all-time money earner in Australia. I don't know, maybe the world. So uh, that that's a, a massive achievement within itself. Um, yeah, you're right. It's got, I'll probably sink in come Thursday or Friday when we get a little bit closer, but you know what greyhound racing is like. We've had some short price favourites in races and always bad luck happens at the, at the worst times. So never count your, count your chickens at all.
3: Now, there's no such thing as a certainty in greyhound racing, but uh, Joe, it's uh, th- you know this million-dollar chase. It's something Australia are getting really right, isn't it? There are a-, a number of big races over there worth a lot of money, and we're talking about a million dollars. That's life-changing amounts of money for for anybody in the world.
2: It, not for you. You've got plenty, but for most of us, that was. it is a <laughs> massive amount of money, and that can uh, that can really change your life. So, yeah, New South Wales are airborne at the moment, Andy. In all seriousness. So, We've got two million dollar chases, <laughs> excuse me, this year. Uh, one, this one was coming up this week, is making up for the one that we lost last year. We've got another one in October, and then we've also got a, a five hundred thousand dollar Stain race, which sort of runs right in line with the silver collar, unfortunately. And then we've got you know a hundred twenty-five thousand dollar six hundred yard race, a seventy-five k three hundred yard race. So. And then in Victoria, there's a, a Phoenix, which is an invitation-only race like the Everest, and, and that's worth 750000 to the winner. So if you've got the right greyhound this year, you know it's not beyond the realm that you, you could pocket $3 million.
3: When does the Phoenix take place over there, Joe? Have you had anybody knocking on the door wanting Pearl to represent them as yet?
2: They haven't. Uh, it's in December. They haven't released the slots yet for this year. I don't think it happens till June or July, so... We'll we'll have a we'll try our hat in the ring again and try to buy one. Uh, we we were unsuccessful last year, but oh, I dare say if she remained in this current form, Andy, um, yeah, you'd be hard pressed not to find a slot. But again, there's a lot of water under the bridge.
3: Joe, before we had She's a come along, who's uh, obviously now the, the the top echelon of greyhounds in Australia. You owned, was well, still own a, another greyhound who's very good over there, and we haven't seen him for a little while. His name Bandit Ned. Where's he at?
2: overground and he's he's just had a spell he's been up for he was up for a year so massive wraps on this dog he's had 28 starts 18 wins he's won 200,000. he um he started off his career in the magic maiden at winning and, and went bang 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 and won the group three winning the heat semi and final then he went straight to now in a group three puppy classic and he won that so then he went to Gosford and won a listed race and you know he hadn't even been in just an average fifth grade but Uh, he's an absolute beauty. He's been up all all year. We've really given it to him. So we've given him a month off and he'll come back and start work very soon. Might even look at a staying campaign for him. Um, But yeah, you think out of sight, out of mind, Andy. But let me tell you, she's a fellow who's 29.30. Bandit needs to run 29.40. So he's not far behind her. He's a really good animal.
3: He's always shown immense ability, hasn't he? And, of course, your dogs over there, trained by uh, Jody Lord and Andy Lord, and uh, they were lucky enough to, to qualify three through to the Million Dollar Chase final this year, and that's without Bandit Ned, who's uh, on the sideline. So their team absolutely flying, and you're certainly in with the right team to be, uh, to be going home a winner next week.
2: Let's not underestimate that achievement. They took three Greyhounds to the track, Andy, in three separate semifinals, and they all won. And we're talking, they weren't, I mean, Pearl was $1. twenty-two, but uh, Durnan was around $6. Coast model opened up about $7.50. So what an achievement. That, that just shows absolute total domination by Jody Lord at Wentworth Park. And I wish them the very best. If we're not good enough to win, I'd love one of their other greyhounds too.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, good luck with uh, that coming up. It would be remiss of us not to have a little bit of a chat about New Zealand greyhounds. We're very quickly running out of time here. We could talk to you all morning if you weren't sick. But here, Pin I take it she's heading towards the Kingston Cup at Group Two level heats this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then off to the the Silver Collar. She's she's no star, but uh, we set we bought her for New Zealand uh, from WA, and I think she's only won twelve races, but she's won around sixty thousand dollars. And she's a she's a beauty and she needs to be drawn wide. Obviously, we, we know who we're up against. It's, it's nearly near on impossible to beat no keeper at the moment. But uh, if she draws out wide and she can find the front, she's left alone for that little first little bit. She can certainly run. So it's worth having a throw up the sums.
3: Yeah, for sure, Joe. Well, uh, we thank you very much for your time this morning on uh, Dog Speed over here in New Zealand. And uh, we wish you and the entire crew all the luck in the world with She's a Pearl and the Million Dollar Chase Final next week.
2: Thanks, Andy.
3: Thanks everyone from New Zealand that have sent messages. Really appreciate it. It was Joe Lenuti, the head man of Punters HQ, owners of Sheza Pill, the new star on the block in terms of Australian racing, and she is a very warm order to take out this year's running of the Million Dollar Chase. We head to another break here on Dog Speed. On the other side, we catch up with one of the young guns in greyhound racing in New Zealand. His name. Riley Evans. We love our dogs, they love to race, grnz.co.nz for all your form, fields, and everything you need to know about Greyhound Racing in New Zealand. We race six days a week, if you're looking at getting involved and having a bed or looking through the fields. Today we race out of Manukau, tomorrow it's Addington, as is Tuesday, and it goes on from there. But it's time to get to our next guest on the phone, one of the young guns in terms of Greyhound training here in New Zealand. Riley Evans. Riley, a very good morning to you.
4: G'day,
3: mate. How are you? I'm very good, Riley. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Of course, uh, at the moment, you're having a very good run in Greyhound uh, racing, a very good season, and that means that you were last month's Youth of the Month Award winner. That must have been pretty special to receive. Yeah, that was
4: pretty cool to win, and um... Yeah, and a few others that have got it, and, and it's cool to see them um, recognising some of us young ones in the industry. There's, there's, not too many of us, but it's it's cool that they're doing something to um to recognise us, and and yeah, the team the team's going incredible at the moment. I can't really ask too much more, and and yeah, we're just really happy with um with yeah. how the dogs are going, and and we're just being consistent. So yeah. <laughs>
3: For those that aren't uh, aware of Riley, he is the uh, chief trainer of the Greyhounds with the Gold Star Prefix, a team that's just airborne at the moment. Riley, currently sitting fourth in the Premiership, 202 winners. And and what is your first full season of training? You're sitting four or five winners off the powerhouse team, that is Gene and Dave Fahey. So I'm picking this year's been uh, beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, it's it's been
4: incredible. Um, We've, we've already topped our, our best season so far this year already, and, and there's still a couple of months left, which is which is awesome. And I actually slipped in brother Dave for a week or so, but um, uh, caught cool back up. But hey, we're we're going we're going taking on probably who was the best great hand trainer in New Zealand. Um, um best UDR, I think he almost is. Uh, he's at least in the top three. I'm pretty sure. So. Although we've got a few more dogs and has a few more starts, to to be battling with someone like him who's been at the top of the game for a long time, quite cool and, and to be my young age and although my parents have helped me get into it and that like that's just
2: incredible, I think,
3: for um for us to be up there with, with him and, and, and at the front of the premiership. <laughs> With being so high up the premiership in your first season, Riley, what do you do? do you sit back and uh, and make some goals? And and if if you do, what are those goals? With your first seas, uh, season being so successful, um, goals are just
4: you know be consistent every year and, and get better. And there's obviously going to be a point where um, we're getting better is going to get harder and harder. And and that's happened every year we've been training. But we're just on a good run at the moment, and and I can't really. Bolt anything, and and yeah, like, for goals I'd say I just have, the obvious goal. goal is to one day win the Cup, New Zealand Cup, that that has to be a one, a one for anyone that's a trainer, I mean, a better thing that um, New Zealand Greyhound Racing has, but, but um, that's probably a bit off, yeah, I don't really know if um, Carlito's probably my best uh, 520 dog at the moment, and, and racing in C5 and 5 uh, Twenty and Christ, you're going to be absolutely fine week in, week out, and we're still a long way from the cup. But yeah, that's probably my biggest goal that I think will be there the whole my whole career. And um, but, yeah,
3: we've already started to establish that the gold star prefix with uh, enjoying their stay is. I'm picking the collar, the silver collar, pretty high up on the list as well.
4: Yes, that's always been there, and, and we've had a few that that we thought could have a chance with it. Um, I'll Jagger and Ashton and stuff that's on my couch now, but, but I haven't really got too many stays. Um, Truman might potentially be on his way back, but he, he could be a little bit faster now. But, yeah, if I was to win one race between the, the collar and the cup, I think I'd probably choose the collar, actually, even though I didn't bring it up earlier. But um, there's just something about the collar and, and how how much harder it
3: is to train a,
4: a, a long-distance dog that, um, yeah, I think... Collar would probably be the coolest, but obviously New Zealand cuts got got the bigger history behind it, and and there's more 520 dogs. And but yeah, collars
3: Collies, it's got to be up there as well. I Give us a little bit of an insight into your team, Riley. Obviously, it's a, it's a fairly large team. You do all your own uh, breeding and rearing and breaking in the the whole process is done on the property. So, uh, how many dogs have you got, and uh, and and uh, how many pups have you got coming through, etc
4: five race dogs I think we have at the moment and um, we've got we've got a few letters that have um, that are a couple months old and and I'm breaking 12 in at the moment and, and I'm really happy with how those ones are coming along and looks like there's a few nice ones in, in between that
3: month. Obviously with having a, such a, a big team you've obviously got a fairly decent uh, team of workers in behind the scene who help out Yeah
4: I've got um, got a Four workers um, behind me. I mean, mum and dad are, um, uh, I wouldn't really call them... Workers, they, they help me run the place and, and they um I owe all my success to them too. They've stepped back and allowed me to, to take over and they've and, yeah, give... given me this opportunity. But we also got um, Vancey and Mahala, who simply helps around at the kennels. And... Uh, Mahala helps at the races and... Um, are both a big help, and they both help make
3: our day a lot easier. Riley, we're uh, leading up to the heats of the Group 1 New Zealand Oaks, a a race that takes place on your doorstep out of Addington Raceway, and a couple of your uh, current kennel stars looking to step back up over the the 520 metres to have a crack at that. We're a a gold star, Nolan, and a gold star, Gigi, in terms of their prep. Uh, Yeah, they're
4: both coming down pretty good, and and I gave them um, them both a post to post, Earlier last week, and and I'm really happy with Nolan. Um, She's been going, she's been running right at the front of um, C5 sprinting in Anniston for a while, and been battling with Sirius. And I, and I don't 100% think she's at her best, but um, Uh, hey, when she turns up, she's she's absolute class. And um, I think if she can get away early, she's she's hard to run down. And now that I think she's matured a bit, she's. to a smarter race now, and I think she might see the 520 out earlier. But, um, but yeah, Gigi's also there as well. Um, but yeah, I think Nolan, Nolan's definitely the better chance of, of my ones than the
3: hope. Riley, right, we've got a couple of days of racing coming up uh, Monday, Tuesday out of Addington picking. You've got relatively large teams going around there. I'm sure you can throw a winner or two out for the listeners at home. Yeah, are um,
4: we've got thorough Top eight. Um, he's been quite unlucky recently, and, and um, I just think Fox eight might sue her a bit, um, just keep out of the trouble and, and get round them. Um, Goldstar Tommy uh, run really good to... to to get over the top late um, last week, and he's drawn the same again, and and I can see him, I can see him winning again. Um, and then another good chance I of... thought I had was um, Goldstar Brimley. She um, that's
3: the wide drawer,
4: and and I think she can also get round them. And when she clicks, she's
3: a on. Beautiful, thank you for that, Riley. Uh, thank you for your time this morning. Been a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, best of luck as your team continues to to kick some pretty massive goals down here in Canterbury.
4: Thank you very much, mate.
3: It was Riley Evans, one of our young trainers, coming through the ranks here in Canterbury, sitting fourth at the moment on the premiership in what is his first season, first full season of training. And we ask him for one winner, and he gives us three, so we'll be looking to follow those through the next couple of days. That has been Dog Speed for another week. We'll be back next week. Rosso will be back in the chair alongside me. It's been a pleasure to bring you Dog Speed today on behalf of grnz.co.nz. Good luck with the rest of your afternoon.